love collecting things? Time to add Goat Guns miniature models. These gun models are one-third to scale and one-tenth the cost of the real thing. These little bad boys are four to 11 inches in length and weigh up to one full pound. Build, collect, and customize your Goat Guns collection with attachments. Build your dream collection at GoatGuns.com. Welcome to Stupidity, home of the greatest media mind ever to walk the planet. I tell you what, man, he's a literal titan across the entire media landscape. Okay, so here's the deal. He's a true icon in every sense of the word. He's loved and feared more than any being to grace this planet. There's two guys. Hey, a man with a voice that sounds like Barry White and Beyonce had a Jewish baby. God himself would pay $39.99 for a cameo. Fact of the matter is, you are about to embark on a transcendent experience that can only be described as psychological nudity. This is Stu Goss, and this is Stupidity. Here we go, Jim. Tony! Welcome into another episode of Stupidity, the biggest podcast in the world, thanks to you. Please subscribe, rate, and review. Unsubscribe, resubscribe, re-rate, re-review. Do all that good stuff because you have made us the biggest podcast in the world. Mikey, we are on a tear right now. We have gone three episodes, two episodes, three episodes. That's eight episodes, I believe, if my math is correct, over the last three weeks. And I'm pretty certain I botched all of that. It was 3-3-2, three, three, I believe. <laughs> Stupidity! Yeah, you, you, I don't think you nailed that. <laughs> Thanks, Mike. <laughs> Thanks, Mike. Uh, I am very excited, Mike. We are going to have Kenny G on. Kenny G is a friend of mine. He is a friend of the show. And uh, this is the first time, though, I'm going to talk to him. Like, usually he comes on, Mike, and he just plays the saxophone and doesn't really say much else. And this is the first time I'm going to let the audience kind of get to know Kenny G a little bit. I'm very excited. The reason I'm having him on, huge golf fan, and he's Kenny G. I mean, those are the only reasons. I mean, are you excited? I have to tell you, my mother-in-law is super excited. My mother-in-law, super excited. Is she really? Like, overly excited. Well, I- she t- She had to... She had to move, and the one CD she had to grab from her house was the Kenny G Christmas album because it's the only thing that she plays at that time. Well, I got so she is like over the. World. I got news for you: if our demographic was mother-in-laws ages sixty and above, then we'd be in the Grand Slam today. I mean, women twenty-five to ninety. I mean, listen before Kenny comes on. Quick, uh, quick game of athletes that can note an instrument. How about that? <laughs> what do you got? Let's do All it. Right. Let's do it. You go first. Really, Mike, I own this game. Steve Sachs. Sure. <laughs> How about that? Second baseman Dodgers. Doug Flutie. Flute. <laughs> Doug Flutie. That's pretty good. Joe Horn. How about that? <laughs> Andre Drummond. Oh, my God. Andre Drummond, now a member of the Lakers. <laughs> yeah. I don't know why I felt the need to throw that in, but I did. Uh, okay, so we have Horn. We have Drum. We have Sachs. Uh, Frank Viola. I mean, sweet music. Oh, sweet music. I one. know it is. That is such a good one. Frankie V. <laughs> sweet music. Uh, that is so. Yo, look at you. You're crestfallen, oh, my friend. Oh, man. That's a good one. <laughs> oh, I can't even be. I, I thought I was going to crush you with Drummond. Uh, yeah, I thought I was going to crush you with sax. <laughs> I really did. <laughs> Tommy Tuberville. <laughs> That's excellent, Mike. 
That is, that is I, I, I am not easily impressed. And I, you have never looked fucking sexier to me. Holy shit, that was good. You haven't looked this sexy since you, we did Athletes at Canoe Golf and you pulled out Chip Beck. Chip Kelly. Chip Kelly. Chip Kelly. And it could have been Chip Beck. Could have been. I was laughing on today's show that my dad, the apple doesn't fall far from the tree, okay? In this week's episode of the apple doesn't fall far from the tree, was calling that Zalatoris guy the German. <laughs> <laughs> I got dad. He's American. He was born in California. <laughs> and, ah, the German. No, he's not. It's the German. <laughs> he looks like Bernhard Langer. <laughs> By the way, get Zalatoris on the podcast. Okay? You got it. Uh, Matsuyama, get him on the podcast with the interpreter. Okay. I'm serious because Billy got a request and uh, Billy said yes. <laughs> For Zalatoris, <laughs> for both guys, for the champion and Zalatoris, Billy said yes to both. Okay, so uh, I'm excited about that. Are you excited? You? Are you excited? How? I don't care about what your mother-in-law thinks as it relates to Kenny G. Okay, I want to know if Mikey A is excited about Kenny G. I am. I am very excited. Okay, I just can't match her level of excitement. Okay. Like she's she's sending me questions, and the woman has yet never taken an interest in anything I've ever done professionally. Would she like to uh, zoom in and ask Kenny G a question? Speaking of my in-laws, I got to tell you a quick thirty-second thing before before Kenny G comes on. Okay. So I was talking to my father-in-law, and I was mentioning how you would love to play Augusta, and I was saying. You know, I'd probably take my father-in-law first to play Augusta if I ever got asked, and you second. And my father-in-law drops this nugget on me. He's been asked to play several times. He knows one of the big wigs up at Augusta, oh, and he has never gone. Get the hell out of here. He, he's, he's been asked, like, yearly Get your father to come down and play at Augusta. Listen, forget about your fucking mother-in-law, okay? Get your father-in-law on this goddamn podcast, Okay. <laughs> And ask him, A, why is he saying no? And B, why is he not kind of pass that gift along to me? Um, I'm, I mean, seriously, I'm not saying I pay you a lot, so but I'm, I'm certainly giving you more than your fucking father-in-law. I mean, <laughs> I'm going to Stugatz this thing. Stugatz, what do you give me to get you in Augusta? Okay, now, okay, the Stugatz is right. That's a heady play, Mikey. Eh? But listen, you are sexier now than you were four minutes ago. Holy shit, you are Do me a favor. Think about it, and I'll ask you at the end of the podcast. Do you think Kenny? We'll Kenny do you G think on. Kenny G has ever played Augusta? I can't wait to ask oh. him. Stugatz here for my friends over at Miller Lite. A lot's changed over the years. One thing that hasn't: the great taste of Miller Lite. Another thing that hasn't changed is that it's less filling. So, what is the best thing about the original light beer? Miller Lite sparked this debate in 1975, and we still haven't settled it. Listen, for me, it's simple. When I'm sitting around with friends, with family, we're at concerts, we're watching the Knicks finally win for the first time in 30 years, we're laughing, we're having a great time, we do it with ice cold. Miller Lite. Always have, always will. Miller Lite keeps it simple, undebatable quality, great taste, only 96 calories. It's the beer that strips away everything you don't need and holds on to what matters most. You don't have to choose what's best. Miller Lite has great taste and is less filling. Tastes like Miller time. To get Miller Lite delivered right to your door, visit MillerLite.com slash stew, or you can find it pretty much anywhere that sells beer. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, 96 calories per 12 ounces, fewer cows and carbs than premium regular beer just seeing you <laughs> well, makes me happy kenny i know you're busy and we'll, we'll try to uh rip through this kenny uh so mikey a was just informing me 
uh, that his father-in-law has been invited to Augusta to play the course many, many times. Says no every single time. And he was asking me, okay, now this is very Stugatzian of him. He asked me, Kenny, how much I would pay for him to put me in touch with his father-in-law and his father-in-law to get me on Augusta. So I ask you, have you played Augusta, Kenny? You have. I have. Oh, you motherfucker. <laughs> Jesus Christ. You got that hair, you got the sacks, you got the money, you got the looks, and you played Augusta. So, Kenny, since you played Augusta, and you know how much I love golf, how much should I be willing to pay Mikey A for access to his father-in-law's friend at Augusta? Wow. I mean, if is it a guarantee that when you have access, you're going to be able to play? Uh, yes. Yes, it's a guarantee. Okay. Okay. Um. You know, at least a thousand bucks. A thousand dollars, Mikey. Will that get it done? I say at least a thousand. That will not get it done. You want more? <laughs> it probably it won't. I, you want? More? Of course, I want more. I, listen, I'll go play with Kenny for free, Mike. I mean, Jesus. <laughs> I didn't hear Kenny invite you. <laughs> By the way, Kenny, how'd you shoot at Augusta? Um, well, you know, listen, at Augusta, when you play there, usually, well, I only played there once many years ago. You played from the members' tees. The members' tees are very, very short compared to what we just saw. So I was one under on the front and I was like three or four over on the back. So I think I probably shot about a 74. Wow. Kenny, you're a scratch golfer, man. Well, uh, hey, here, speaking of Augusta, can I brag right now to you? So, I, and, I, and this is not name dropping, but since we're, since we're talking sports, my very good friend, and I say this for real, Sergio Garcia is a very good friend of mine. Wow. And I don't know, it's going to be next year or the year after. He says that he's going to invite me to the day when the mem when the champion can bring one guest to play Augusta. And I think it's that week of, of the Masters. So I think either next year or the year after, I'm going to be his guest. And the two of us are going to play the Master Augusta together. Oh, my God. So you'll wow. play Augusta with a Masters champion. That yeah. is on Kenny. How cool. How cool is your life, Kenny? Yeah. I mean, seriously. Very cool. Yes. Yeah. Sergio Garcia <laughs> and Kenny G, a couple of Gs, cutting it up at Augusta. How about that? I mean. Hey. <laughs> It's going to be so much fun. I, I, the problem is I'm, I'm going to play the championship tees with him because I, I just want to see what I choose. Sure. And I just want to break 100. Oh. I want to break 100 from there. I think I can, but you never know. Oh, Kenny, I know you can. I mean, you play, you play from the tips before. You probably usually play from the tips, don't you? Not, not at Augusta. <laughs> not at Augusta. That is so you know, great. You know how long hole number 11 is? I don't know if I could reach the green in two. Those guys are hitting a driver and then like, you know. Wait, so hours. how far is it from the from where they play, from where the members play? Do you remember? Um, I, I don't remember that particular hole, but I remember it being really short and really easy to get. Like the par fives were easy to get on wow. into. And I went that far compared to those guys, but wow. there's a, 11 is a really long hole. 10 is not easy. You know, that downhill yeah. lie is not yeah. easy. It's very, I know everything about that. It's course. very hilly. Um, and surprisingly hilly for a lot of people. So you played it once. And so that the, the time you play with Sergio coming up in the future will be your second time playing that course. Well, I played it three times over a weekend. Jesus. So it'll be my fourth right. time. Jesus Christ. Stop breaking <laughs> Kenny. All right. <laughs> We're crying out loud. By the way, can you shove me in your bag or can I be your caddy when you play with Garcia? Um, but you know, I, I'm not sure it's going to work out, bro. I don't know. <laughs> My father-in-law is looking pretty good right about now. Yeah, it's up to 5,000, Mike. <laughs> All right, Kenny G with us on Stupati. Kenny, I'm excited because I was telling Mikey A, we've had you on, you're a friend. You're a friend of our show, of course, as well. Uh, but I've never really had a real in-depth, serious discussion with you. Uh, you've come on, you played the sax, I asked you a dumb Super Bowl question, and then we get you out of there. And so... 
I'm, yeah. I'm going to kind of, I want our audience to kind of get to know you a little bit. So uh, let's start here, Kenny. Why the sax? How'd you fall in love with the saxophone? Okay. Yeah. Well, when I was 10 years old, um, I'd already started piano lessons, which I did not like. My mother was very much behind music lessons. And so I just, qu I quit piano. So that wasn't, that wasn't like well received. And so when I was 10, I was sitting there watching TV and I saw a guy play a sax solo and I told my mom, hey, I, I think I'd like to play that instrument. And so she goes, well, you know, maybe we'll just rent it because, you know, we know, you know, with your history, she didn't say it like this in these many words, but basically you have a history of quitting. So let's rent one and see what happens. But I loved it the second I took that sax out of the, out of the box. So that's how it started. Yeah. Just from seeing somebody on TV play a solo and I thought, wow. That looks like fun. So, Kenny, when did you know that you were so good at playing that instrument that you could make a living off of playing that instrument? Was there a moment for you? Yeah, I think the moment was in high school when I played with Barry White and the Love Unlimited Orchestra. Wow. So picture the, the little white Jewish guy from Seattle <laughs> with Barry White's Love Unlimited Orchestra. Like, how and why would I ever get that gig? But I got the gig. Were you nervous? <laughs> Uh, no, I, you know what? I think I was too young to be and naive to be nervous. I'd be nervous right. today, but not then. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah. Young and dumb, right? It's better being young and dumb. Uh, Kenny, if I told you, I mean, you are one of the best-selling recording artists of all time. So if I told you way back when, okay, back in high school, uh, what your life would eventually turn into uh, by playing the saxophone, you would have told me what? Uh, I would say that that's, that doesn't sound like there's much of a chance of that happening. I mean, that, honestly, I never thought about it that way. It was really, and even today, the quest for me is just to play this thing and get better and better. That's all it's ever been. And for whatever reason, I, and I think the reason is because it's so genuine, that things have opened up for me because all I care about is becoming really good at this thing and working hard at it. And then the doors open and I go, okay, let me try that. Let me go there. You know, hey, do you want a record contract? Oh, sure. Clive Davis, you want to sign me? Oh, okay, I'll try that. Hey, you want to play on the Grammys? Sure. You want to make an album? Okay, let's try that. And it's just like, keep going. How about the national anthem for Super Bowl, huh? Let's go, Kenny. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's that's the thing. Now, they should have had me play it like at the at the Super Bowl. They should have. I, I think you should be playing at every Super Bowl. Uh, where's the strangest place that saxophone has ever been, Kenny? <laughs> <laughs> oh, let's see. Uh, These God, keys could talk. I, I wish it could. Yeah. Well, look, I can tell you this. When I first got it in 1974, I got this saxophone because I put an ad in the paper. And I said, this is the old days. So you, you're youngsters there. This was this is the only way you could communicate. You put an ad in the paper. Right. And, and somebody saw the ad. Maybe they saw it. And maybe they responded. It says, wanted soprano saxophone. And my number, or actually my my parents' home home phone number. So this guy calls up and says, "Yeah, I got a soprano saxophone, three hundred bucks." I said, "Great." So I drove from Seattle down to Olympia, Washington, and I gave the guy three hundred bucks. It was in a green case. It was this saxophone, and um, I had no idea that this was going to be like such a pro a prized kind of sax because this is this is a Selmer Mark VI saxophone. And today, if you found anything like this on on uh, online or anything, it's like twenty grand. Wow. Ish. Wow. Yeah. So is that the one? Not that I care about that. Right. Yeah. But is that the one you're still playing? Like you're, you're using that? Really? 
Yeah, same one. I feel like same I one. Feel, exactly. I feel like it's kind of like my TaylorMade Burner Five wood that I have that I just won't part with because I hit it so well. <laughs> no, right? You know, no, no, get, bro, bro, get get the sim too. Get get rid really? of that. Thing. <laughs> really? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> okay. With with golf clubs, if you're sentimental about a golf club, you are definitely not maximizing your potential. Okay, hundred percent. So you're telling me this is different. Okay. This is, this is like an old pair of jeans that fits perfectly that you don't need to get a new okay. pair. That's what this okay. is. Okay, but I only have that one five. That's it. It's just the five wood. Everything else, here he goes. Go ahead. Play it. Go ahead. <laughs> you, you, can, you can do that. But I just I just got the new tailor-made stuff, and nice. I'm super loving it. I got, yeah. I got the M6s, and I love them. Go ahead. Yeah, M6s. I had the M6, and now I've got the Sim 2. And with my Sim 2 the other day on hole number two at where I play, which is I never reach in two. I reached in two and I made an eagle. Wow. Wow. Yeah. God, After years and years and years. So that the technology is it's real. I mean, I'm I, I'm not any stronger than I was years ago and I'm not and I'm not any faster. So the technology allowed me to do it. Kenny, was there ever a time where you considered going golf instead of the saxophone? Like you I think you could have been good enough to play on tour. No, no. You're shaking your head. No, 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 no. Listen, I'm good. I'm not that good. I, I was the captain of my uh, high school golf team, but we were the worst golf team <laughs> for worst golf team in Seattle, in the Seattle School District. <laughs> All right, Kenny, besides me asking you to perform for my wife on a Valentine's Day episode of Stupidity, what's the coolest celebrity request you've ever received? <laughs> well, this one's OK. Well, this one's super easy. You know, it's that famous thing I did for Kanye West. Oh, yeah when he asked me to play uh, for, for Kim with the roses and the whole thing, that was, uh, that was pretty great. Right. I, and by the way, so I had never met him before that. Didn't, I didn't know him. Um, so when I got the message, it was actually through uh, a couple of people. And then David Foster, the famous producer, he then chimes in and goes, Hey, you know, Kanye's trying to get a hold of you to do this. And so I said, well, what should I do? He goes, yeah, you should do it. So that's when I did, it. I went over to his house, met him for the very first time. And, it was so much fun. When they asked me for a bill, I told them, I, "This is wow. this is on the house. Wow. No charge. Wow. Really? Yeah. And what would that bill have been? I mean, <laughs> you're not going to tell me, are you? <laughs> no, hey, I, 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 I don't want to tell." I don't want to tell you, you know, if you need, by the way, anyone, if you need me, just go to cameo.com. Boom! He does have something to promote. Attaboy. <laughs> I do. Do you play, do, do you take I saxophone do. request on Cameo? I take any requests on Cameo. So the last request was um, I got was from the Canadian, uh, the Montreal Canadiens, the, yeah. the hockey team. And they said that they're playing like celebrity things before the, they show the game because it's all virtual now as far as, far as I think. And they said, hey, can you play um, like uh, the Canadian national anthem? I said, yeah. I just got to learn it. That's so I amazing. learned it and played it. Send me the sheet music. Mike, no, I'm going to buy a cameo no, for your no, mother-in-law, no Mike. Music. No, no, <laughs> I, I remember I, every cameo I do, I memorize. I never read. You know, Cameo's great. It's got a great app where you could actually see the words on the screen. It's like a teleprompter. It's fantastic. I never do that, though. I always have, I always memorize it. So when I'm looking at the camera and I'm doing my cameos, I'm saying it from from here rather than reading like, hello, Mary, how are you? So, Kenny, I I'm also on Cameo. Way. I get a ton of requests. Uh, how do you think I do it, Kenny, knowing me the way you know me now? <laughs> you memorize it. You know I'm reading that thing word for word as I'm recording, okay? <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah. Well, hey, I don't know how much you, how much you charge for your cameo. Char- what are your what are your charge- So I started at like forty five dollars, and they were coming in so fast and furious because you know our audience, Kenny. Like they're crazy people, right? I say that lovingly about them. Uh, then I raised it to one hundred and fifty, and it has slowed down a little bit, just a little bit. That's good. But I left it at one hundred and fifty. Where's yours? Is it like a uh, hundred thousand? <laughs> Where are you? No, no, no. <laughs> I start. I started at two hundred. Right. And I, and I raised it to two ninety five, and I think I'll just leave it there because. I don't want it to be too expensive. I see some of these other guys that are like 500, 600, 450. I just think that for people, they really want it. And it's a lot of money, you know? So I think 295 seems about right for me. And, and usually what I do is, um, you know, I, whatever they want. If they ask me, can you play? Like somebody said, um, La Vie en Rose, you know, that famous song. Yeah. I don't know that song. Mm-hmm. So I had to go on, I go on, on YouTube. I see somebody sing it. I write the notes down. I memorize the song. And then I give it to him, and I think it's I think it's great. I like doing it. The, uh, well worth the two ninety five. Yeah, I know you are the best. I think so, right, Kenny. Uh, so Mikey A, his mother in law is like your biggest fan. So I am going to go to Cameo yes. when we're done. I'm Mikey A. Figure out what she wants, what song she wants Kenny G to play. Okay, whatever message. Uh, I'm going to spend two ninety five on your Cameo. Okay, you have done so much oh. for me in our show. It's the least I can do for you. Okay. Yeah, but you know, you know, bro, you can just text since you got my number. You can just text me, and I can just text you back the the video at no charge. So that's okay. Well, listen, the, be- you can, the beautiful you can give that money to somebody that needs okay. it. Okay. Well, the beautiful thing about Kanye and Kim is. They were about to pay you a lot of money for something you did for free on this podcast for me. I mean, that was amazing by you. Yeah, well. What was it? It'll be fun. I'll look forward to doing it. You know, just just make sure if you're going to give me give me lots of good info so I can make the cameo really good. Nicknames, things that have happened oh. only that I would know. Somebody told me, he goes, yeah, I want you to give my father-in-law some, some shit because he's got a, a bikini picture of his wife that he shows to everybody and for... 50 years she's been telling him not to show it so on the video i go hey you know joe listen bro you gotta shop stop showing that bikini picture but show it to me first but after me no don't show it ever again and boy she looks good you're like that kind of thing and, oh and, and it's very personal that so way much. use it for the cover of your next album yeah exactly right oh, <laughs> boy. that's what i would do uh kenny what was kim's reaction when you started playing in that house what was kim kardashian's reaction to this uh, the, the reaction was the immediate whipping out of the iPhone and film. <laughs> <laughs> that's how things. That's how things are in the younger world. When there's something great happens, it's a immediate. Let's film this. And so she just was walking around filming me as I was looking, and I was watching Kanye, and he had this big grin on his face, and he was kind of looking like, "Hey, I set this thing up. Isn't this cool?" And she's just filming, and she's just enjoying it. It was really fun. Oh my gosh, folks. Gather around. Everyone gather around. Listen to these words. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. With same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more, don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. And if you're new to DraftKings, you got to check this out. New customers, listen to me. You bet just 5 bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use code DAN. That's code DAN for new customers. And you get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. That's insane. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino Resort in Kansas, 21 plus, age varies by jurisdiction, void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources.
Uh, Kenny, I'm, really, really. I'm gonna throw out. Um, I'm gonna throw out some qu- some names for you, and if you have a quick story for each, that'd be great. And if you don't, just pass, and we'll edit it out. Okay. All right. Okay. Frank Sinatra. These are people you work with, obviously. Frank Sinatra. Yeah. Frank. Frank Sinatra played on his first duets album. They sent me the uh, the tape. It was tape back. They sent me the tape. I listened to it. I called Phil Ramone, the producer. I said, "Hey, Phil, when is he going to do the final vocal?" He goes, that is the final vocal. I said, oh. I said, oh. I said, sounds great. Sounds great. Okay. Uh, where do you want me to fill in the gaps? So, because like I was thinking, because it did, honestly didn't really? sound that good to me, honestly. And I say that with all the respect in the world, but it, you know, it didn't sound that great. And I thought, well, I don't want to play on it unless I can get the, the, the final, because when I play something with a vocalist, I'm, I'm really like mixing my notes in just perfectly to where the vocal is. So if he's going to sing something different, I, I didn't want to play unless I knew the final. But that turned out to be the final, and I just kind of had my foot in my mouth. All right. Uh, that's a, that's a yeah. funny and good story. Whitney Houston? Whitney Houston. Okay, there you go. Whitney Houston. Here you I go. I did some bro. research, Kenny. I did some I'm, research. I'm You're so impressed. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, so 1987, Whitney's doing her first world tour, right? Because yep. she's on Arista Records. I'm on Arista Records. They're, they're, they're going crazy. They got their two big artists. And... So they, so I'm going to be your opening act. Okay. So if you ever, ever come to my show, I start my shows in the audience. I start and I walk in the audience and I play and we get the, that wall broken down. And then I get back on stage and everybody's happy and we're putting on a good show. So they saw me do this and they say, say, they came to me the first day. They said, listen, we know you walk in the audience. Can't do that with Whitney. I said, why can't I do that with Whitney? Insurance. Can't have you in the audience. Hmm. Another thing, when Whitney comes out of her dressing room, none of you guys can be in the, in the hallway. You have to be, she needs, she can't see anybody. I said, oh, okay, cool. All right, so I went back to my band and I said, guys, we're going to get fired tonight. <laughs> this is, this is going to be our first and last gig with Whitney Houston. I said, so the, the, the opening thing comes out, I'm in the audience and I'm milking. I'm in the audience longer than I've been in the audience ever. Right. And I finished my set. And the guy comes back to me, goes, his, her tour manager, big, big, big guy named Tony goes, listen, bro, we're going to have a talk after this. So I'm going to get her on stage and that's it. You know, you're out of here. I said, oh, OK. And then so I, and I said to the guys, listen, Whitney's about to come out of her dressing room. Let's all get out in the hallway and tell her good show. <laughs> so he comes out of her dressing room and we're all standing there. And the guys are giving me this look like I thought I told you not to be in the in the hallway. And I go, hey, Whitney. Hey, it's great being on tour with you. Have fun. It's great. And blah, blah, blah. So we do all that. And then I get taken into the office and, and chewed out like nobody's been chewed out before. <laughs> You're proud of that story, Getty. <laughs> I am. And so, and then I said, I said, listen, here's the thing. Fire me now or let me do the show that I want to do. And don't treat us like we're like second class citizens. So you figure that out. I'm happy for this to be our last gig. And then they came back to me like in an hour and they go, it's all right. We worked out with the insurance company. Everything's cool. <laughs> You're a fucking G, Kenny. <laughs> yeah, baby. DJ. And then we did, we did like 60 shows together. And by the way, on her record, I had played a saxo on, on one of her songs that she plays every night. And she's got her sax player playing it. And he's not playing it anywhere near the way I played it. From the first night, I said, Whitney, I will be glad to wait around and come and sit in with you and play that song. It'll be great, man. Great. We're going to do it. 60 shows later wow. at Madison Square Garden, 
because Clive Davis was going to be there and all the Arista people, then I get the chance to do it. And I got to tell you this, being on stage with her, having her like inches from me singing to me for it was that song that goes live for the love of you da 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 that Isley Brothers yeah. song I'm telling you bro I could not even play my sax I was melting wow. it was she's so good she was so amazing and I I thought god darn it why can't we do this more often but it was once. It did. It Wait, did so happen you, once. You've you've played with Sinatra. You've played with Aretha Franklin. I know it was brief. Whitney. So many people. It, it was playing with Whitney the most in awe you've ever been playing with someone on stage. It it was really? that moment. At, yeah, wow. she she that voice of hers. Wow. Incredible. She's she was unbelievable and just and that face. She has such a beautiful face. Just just having that like she was looking at me. I thought okay. We're going to make love later. We're going to make love later. For sure. <laughs> Unfortunately, she wasn't thinking the same you know, thing, Kenny, right? I mean, no, no, no she, I, she wasn't thinking the same thing, no. <laughs> Do you have a good Tiger Woods story in you? Oh, okay, Tiger Woods. Oh, my so, God. Kenny, every time you're about to blow that excited. sax. You got excited. I know. So excited. <laughs> I was about to play something. All right, let's do Tiger Woods. No, no, no. I'm... I'm, I'm just keeping the reed wet just in case you ask me to play something. Oh, I will. If the reed's dry, it's going to sound crappy. <laughs> okay. Um, okay, so Tiger Woods, um, I've played golf with him five times. Right. And every time has been great. He is so great to play with because he is the ultimate smart ass. He really is. Let's see what happened with Tiger Woods. Tiger Woods. He's a, okay. he's a wise ass. So, oh, that's funny to hear. Oh, he's yeah. a wise ass. So we're playing uh, first hole. I've got a birdie putt. He's got a birdie putt. I miss mine. He makes his. He looks up at me and goes, you know why I made my putt? He, 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 I go, no, why? He goes, well, you only got one letter. I said, what do you mean? Well, you G. I said, yeah, and what about you? He goes, I'm three letters. He goes, well, I go, what? He goes, P-R-O, pro. <laughs> I, love that. I, I, I said, I said, is that supposed to be funny? <laughs> yeah, right, good, good response, right? Yeah, yeah. Because it was mildly funny, but you got to give a little extra laugh for Tiger, right? <laughs> he's, no, no, he's, he's great. He's, um. You know, he's generous with like golf tips and he's easy to talk to. Uh, you just can't be intimidated by him because if you're intimidated by him, he um, he doesn't like it. So, for example, we up at the AT&T when I used to play in, the, in that tournament, I'm putting like I'm practicing my putting and I'm concentrating. All of a sudden, I feel somebody's hand on my head and he says, don't move your head. And I look up, it's Tiger. I go. Don't you have something better to do than to pay attention to my putting? He goes, no, I'm trying to I'm trying to help you out. Don't move your head like I said. Like I said, hey, that feels good. He, I go, hey, why don't you and I have a putting contest? He goes, great, ten dollars a hole. I said, sure. So nine holes later, I only lost twenty bucks. I'm thinking this is the best right. thing of all time. So I go to give him the twenty, and he goes, that's ah, okay. Just you can owe it to me, no problem. And so I'm really proud of that. Later on, I'm walking around and I see his coach, Butch Harmon, and I tell him the story, and he goes, Tiger loves everybody to owe him money. <laughs> He just wants you to owe him money. I said, oh, man. He goes, he goes, here's what you do. Tomorrow when you see him, run up to him, take the 20, stick it in his pocket, look him in the eyes and go, Tiger, fuck you. <laughs> Please tell me you did it. I go, I go, come on, man. I can't do that. I'm, I'm, I'm nervous thinking about it. He goes, no, you got to do it. I said, okay, I'll do it. So the next day, I'm, I'm putting, and then I see Tiger coming, walking by. He goes, hey, Kenny. I go, hey, Tiger. He goes, hey, how's the putting coming? I go, oh, thanks for the tips. Oh, it's been great. And he walks away. And now Butch Harmon, his coach, is going, 
do it, do it. So I'm, I'm, I'm nervous telling you the story. <laughs> so I run behind him. I'm behind him. I stick my hand in his pocket with the 20. I said, here's your 20, Tiger. Fuck you. <laughs> and, and, he, and he turns around and he goes, that was awesome. <laughs> I love that Tiger cares more about you owing him money than actually collecting. That is so, uh, that is fantastic. He's great. He's it's very Stugatsu. Absolutely yeah, great. Very, yes, very Stugatsu. Uh, do you have, is there a Phil Mickelson story that you have? Because Phil would have taken that 20. <laughs> Phil, okay, so Phil and I, we're, we're partnered together at the AT&T. And by the way, we won I, that I know, tournament. I know, I mm-hmm. know. We have so uh, my name's on the plaque there with Phil. So he, he's just fa- he's fantastic. What a great partner. What a great golfer. Um, but yes, he is all about betting. Like he'll he'll bet anything about anything. Like we're on hole number seven, and he goes, "See who can throw the ball closer to the to the to the thing for a hundred dollars." I'm going, bro. I'm just gonna lose a hundred bucks anyway. <laughs> he he, lo- he loves to bet, but boy, he's a really really nice guy. I'm friends with him and his family. What a good guy. Um, so I can't say anything, any more nice things about, about Phil. I, I love Phil, Phil Nicholson. Yeah, we had, uh, we had his caddy Bones on uh, last week, and he was fantastic. Just told some great stories, legendary stories about him gambling. Bones. And Bones was there. We, like, we, we would go out to dinner, and we'd talk about what we're going to do the next day, and Bones was there. Um, here's my only okay. gripe with, okay. with Phil. My only gripe. Okay, hole number seven at Pebble, that famous yep. hole, par yep. three. Okay, I have a two-and-a-half, I have a three-foot putt for par. He's got a two, uh, he's got a, uh, a three foot, like uh, eight inch putt for birdie, same exact line. And I go up to Bones, I say, hey, Bones, let me putt first. I'll show you the line. He goes, that's okay. That's all right. We're good. We're good. <laughs> Phil misses his Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. We're a team. We want oh, the birdie. Okay. We don't want the putt. <laughs> You're right. I'm sorry. <laughs> and I was thinking, I said, I said, like, Come on, I, 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 it can't do anything but help you. Why wouldn't you want to take me up on that? I didn't like that. That was that was. I didn't like that at just, all. That yeah. one, that one stroke would have got us into first place all by ourselves, rather than tying with Tiger Woods and his have partner you, uh, Jerry. Have you let Chan. Phil forget about that, please say no. <laughs> no, uh, trust me, he. Phil forgot about that the second the second after it <laughs> of course happened. he did. But that I mean <laughs> nobody's thinking about that. I'm the only one. Thinking but like about seriously, that. Phil's so good that he doesn't want your line. <laughs> like that's absurd. Who cares? You know, <laughs> honestly, I I get it. It's like if you see an amateur putt and maybe they maybe they hit the putt with a little slice or a little little draw or something, and the ball rolls. Sometimes you can't tell right. what's really going to happen. So I can understand that. But I would think after three days and watching me putt. Since I was putting so well, right. you're, you're going to know. I'm going to put a good roll on it. I'm going to show you the line. Anyway, I I like that. <laughs> <laughs> I can tell. Um, I am wondering, and we'll get you out of here in a minute. You've been very gracious with your time, as usual. Um, being from Washington, have you ever played uh, or done anything with Eddie Vedder, Pearl Jam? Never. Never. Wow. Okay. Uh, Never met him, no. Is, is there someone you haven't worked with that you're dying to work with? Paul McCartney. Really? really? Have you? I want Paul to call. I want him to call me and just say, hey, let's play a solo on this new song that I did. Come come to England and record it in my studio. Or even better yet, just send me the send me the tape. Right. <laughs> send me the tape. <laughs> I'll do it like Frank Sinatra. <laughs> Have you tried like how does this work with you, Kenny? Have you tried to get in touch with McCartney? Has that no, nothing? No, I haven't. I should. I should actually try to reach out, but 
you know, in the studio here, uh, it's really, I can do anything uh, and it's easy and it's better for me if I, if no one's around, that way I can, I can fine tune all my parts. Like I did with The weekend when he asked me to play on, on his song, like um, I said, okay, send me the tracks and let me, let me see. And so I, I was in here and I spent a few hours figuring out what I wanted to do and I sent it to him and he only had like a little tiny comment about fixing something and it was really easier, much better than if I would have went and worked with somebody on it because uh, it would have taken way longer. On stupidity. If I get uh, Paul McCartney, if I get you in touch with Paul McCartney, <laughs> uh, will you get Tiger Woods and Phil on this podcast? <laughs> <laughs> okay. I could probably get Phil on, but I, Tiger, I don't, I don't have Tiger's number, but I have Phil, but not Tiger. Okay. All right, fine. Phil and Augusta. <laughs> hey, I can get you Sergio for sure. Sergio will talk to you. Don, I would love that. That would be, you want to co-host this goddamn thing with me, please? <laughs> oh yeah, I would. Yes! By the way, Sergio, Sergio is so funny. By the way, he is a really good joke teller. Okay. I, you wouldn't know that about it. He's a great joke teller. Kenny, if you are down, I will have you co-host this thing once a month if you have the time. Once a month. <laughs> me and you will co-host this thing together and bring guests on, okay? And I'll get you McCartney, all right? I'll do that, and I'll ask questions that will be so much better than yours. <laughs> <laughs> That's not hard, Kenny. That's not hard. Um, the Grateful Dead. Um, have you ever played any, done anything with the dead? Are you a dead fan? No. Okay. No, I mean, I'm not... A, I'm not anti-dead, but I just don't, I'm not pro-dead. So how long would it take you to learn like a dead song? Like if I, if I, cause I love the dead. It's the only band that I love. So I'm just like, how long would that take you? I mean, I don't know. Okay. 10 minutes. Get, come on. <laughs> 10 minutes. You're a fucking genius. All right. Next time I'm going to do <laughs> next time. Next time you co-host with me, I am going to, uh, I'm going to give you some dead songs to try to, uh, to try to play on the air. Cause it's my favorite band. Uh, as, as long as they, as long as they have some, Sort of a melody that I can actually hear a melody line. I can I can learn it easy. Not a problem. Right, we're gonna get you out of here. We have a quick game. To G or not to G? That is the question. That is the question. <laughs> to G or not to G? Yes, and then we will and then we and then I Mike, think wow. of a song that you would like Kenny to play, because he has that sax in hand, and I don't want to waste the opportunity. I don't know if it's take me out to the I don't know what it is, Mike, but just think of something, all right? Yeah, but by the way. Yeah, if you uh, if I don't know it, I can fake I can fake it the best I can. But I might want to hear that Le'Veon Rose. <laughs> there you go. Oh gosh, but I only memorized it for the that, that cameo. <laughs> All right, uh, I'll think of something uh, else. <laughs> oh wait, wait, let me let me make it sound better. Okay. God, he is the best. Oh, my God. He's the best. Jesus Christ. He's in the studio right now for the audience. He's, there he is. Oh, Pretty damn good. All right. To G or not to G? Go ahead, Mike. To G or not to G? Peeing in the shower. <laughs> I feel terrible as G. Yeah, G. that's because you're a G. Uh, we know the answer to this one. Cutting your hair short. To G or not to G? Not G. Not Bre to G. Never G. <laughs> Never G. Breakfast balls and golf. To G or not to G? G. G. <laughs> Thank you. 
guy who's stretching, acting like he has an injury, uh, walking onto the first tee. G or not to G? <laughs> not to G. <laughs> not like, to I feel G. bad asking. <laughs> Kenny G is like royalty. I feel bad asking him some of these. All right, I'll ask him. <laughs> Farting under the covers. To G or not to G? <laughs> Under or over? Yeah. Everywhere. Everywhere. Anywhere. Just let them fly. Anywhere. Peeing in the pool. To G or not to G? That is the question. Not to G. Not to G. Really? Not to G. Playing the tuba. Playing the tuba, not to G, no. How about uh, picking your nose? To G or not to G? Not to G. <laughs> Singing in the shower to G or not to Of course to G, right? Oh, yeah. Of course to G. Of course. <laughs> I say I sound like Michael Bolton when I'm in the shower. <laughs> Let me hear. Let me hear, Kenny. Let me hear. Well, hey, we. I need Woody Allen to set up the scene like in that movie. Then I'll do it. <laughs> okay. Eating food after you dropped it on the floor to G or not to G? Oh, to G for sure. I'm not wasting shit. <laughs> nice, Kenny. How long does it have to sit there before you won't eat it? Maybe a minute, a, a full minute. A full minute. 45 and, seconds. In the and it door, also depends up. on whether it's carpet or, or hard floor. Hardwood, it may go longer than a minute, but on a, on a carpet, it's got to be like 30 seconds max. All right. You know, I'm, I'm uh, not that I'm promoting this now, but I'm actually going to do a book. Really? I'm, I'm doing a book. Wow. It's going to happen. I'm working out the deal, but I'm kind of thinking of a title. If I use to G or not to G as the title of the book, Yes. Would that be would that be something that you guys are going to send, uh, you know, your attorneys, uh, uh, Mr. Spiegel, Mr. Spiegel and Spiegel and Spiegel at for me? Uh, Mikey, I would never do that. But yes, for never. me, a big yes for me. <laughs> <laughs> OK, then I won't use it. No, no, no. I can't, no, no, no. I can't pay. No, listen, this whole thing is this whole podcast is a negotiation. Kenny, you use it. OK, you use it free of charge. OK, and just co-host Mickelson and perhaps Augusta one day. Okay. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love do you, are you a golfer by any chance? I mean, do you play, what's your handicap? So I'm like a 10 handicap right now. So I'll go out there. I'll be, you know, anywhere between 78 and 83, somewhere in that range. That's okay. Yeah. That's fine. Yeah. We, yeah. You'll, you'll do well. Augusta. It's not, honestly, it's not that hard from the members tees and they don't, you know, when we play, would play this, the greens wouldn't be all souped up like they are. Right. By the way, how, how great was the uh, tournament yes. this weekend? Um, did you enjoy it? See, so I like what I want. I, I, I don't really root for a particular golfer. Occasionally Phil, sometimes Tiger. I just root for an exciting end. Augusta is my favorite event of the year, the Masters. Yeah. So I just root, and it's weird. I was explaining to the guys on the show today, Dan, who does not watch golf, I love Justin Rose. In fact, you can call me a fan of Justin Rose. But when he goes seven under first round, the way you're conditioned to root for golf is you want Justin Rose to maybe shoot a plus two, come back to the field a little bit because you want to have an exciting Sunday. So I was happy for Hideki, deserving winner. Um, but I was unhappy because selfishly, I want one of those endings where there's three or four or five guys who have a shot. We didn't really get that till the very end uh, with Shoffley yesterday. But I did enjoy it. I always enjoy it. It's hard not to. Did you like it? Yeah. 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 I, I really loved it. But I, I felt bad for, for Shoffley because I actually played golf with him a few months of ago you did. here in L.A. And what a great guy. So I was. You know, when he caught him on the 15th hole, almost caught him. Yes. I thought, well, this is going to be this is going to be great. So I was just I, I like that kind of finish, too. 
I was happy for Hideki. I really, I mean, Same. I go to Japan all the time, so I, I, I'm glad. I'm sure the Japanese are so oh, yeah, ecstatic. Certain they're, uh, they're having a party today. Um, yeah, would, did you have anything? Was there, was there any objection to Shoffley going for it on the 16th there? Because I was thinking, like, Hideki was reeling at that point, Kenny. And if you're Shoffley, just put one in the middle of the green and make Hideki hit one to the middle of the green because he was so nervous coming off of 15 headed the 16. Oh, yeah. I think, um, no, I, I did you see the shot that, Shoffley hit on on 13, oh, 14, and 15. They were all so close. If I'm Shoffley, I'm thinking I'm so dialed in. I've got the exact yardage. I'm just going to hit this perfect golf shot. And I think, um, according to him on his um, interview, he said he just miscalculated the wind, but he hit the shot well. Yeah. Uh, so. yeah. Xander's going to win one of those soon, though, because he's top five, like four to the last five years, I think. Wow, he's so good. I loved it. I just, In fact, I just got through finish watching it like this morning because I – I was falling asleep last night. I, so I paused it and I go, okay. So I could not look at my phone. I could not look at the computer. I didn't, an I didn't answer anything until about like 11 o'clock this morning until I wa watched wow. the end. Somebody's going to spoil it. Wow. Hey, what about, you know, Hideki's? Like, I don't want to read that. Right. Kenny, you went a whole, like you went a half a day essentially without social media or phone. Like that's, that seems impossible in 2021. No, I did it since like yesterday at like three in the afternoon because it was right. our, our four. It was over at four o'clock. So four o'clock yesterday till I didn't care. I was great. Listen, back in the excuse not to return phone calls. Back, exactly right. Back in the day when we were growing up, that was simple. I did that for uh, the horse that just, um, I think, three or four years ago won the Triple Crown. So the final leg is oh, the yeah. Belmont Stakes. I went an entire day with my daughter trying to not see the results of that. And it was the hardest thing I've ever done, Kenny. <laughs> so, yeah. Yes. Yeah, you got to cover your eyes. You got to cover your ears. All right, Ken but, Kenny. Yeah. I loved it. Let's get you out of here on this note. Thank you for the time. We love this. You've been gracious as always. Thank you. <laughs> Kenny, get the hell out of here. You're fantastic. How yeah. can I ask you a question? This is this might be insensitive. How old are you, Kenny? 64. Jesus fucking Christ, Kenny. I mean, <laughs> I'll never look as good as you do right now in my entire life. I mean, seriously. How old are you? <laughs> how, old, how old do you think I am, Kenny? Let's try that. No idea. I'm, Zero. I'm 68. <laughs> oh, okay. No, I'm, I'm 47. Perfect. I'm 47. Yeah, 47. Oh, yeah. And you see, when you said 68, I went, yeah, look, see, look, 68. <laughs> and then yeah, when I said 47, you're like, Jesus Christ, he's in trouble. <laughs> Kenny, I love you. Thank it's you. Okay, man. All right. Check him out. On Thank you, Kenny. Guys. Check him out on okay. Cameo. And uh, Kenny, I look forward to co-hosting with you down the road, okay? Same okay. here. Bye, guys. Bye, Mike. See you guys. Yeah. Holy shit, Mike, I am swooning. Like, I am swooning. Where is Mikey C when you need him? I need a pack of heaters. I mean, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Bring me down. Oh, my God. I don't know what to do with myself the rest of the day. Uh, Mike, what was your favorite part of that? Just he, he was carrying the saxophone the whole time, and then just occasionally he'd just pick it up and just... I just I loved it. What was your favorite? Um, that he's getting Phil for us. <laughs> and co-hosting with me. Stupidity! Stu Gouts here for my friends over at Miller Lite. A lot's changed over the years. One thing that hasn't, the great taste of Miller Lite. Another thing that hasn't changed is that it's less filling. So, what is the best thing about the original light beer? Miller Lite sparked this debate in 1975, and we still haven't settled it. Listen, 
For me, it's simple. When I'm sitting around with friends, with family, we're at concerts, we're watching the Knicks finally win for the first time in 30 years, we're laughing, we're having a great time, we do it with ice cold Miller Lights. Always have, always will. Miller Lite keeps it simple, undebatable quality, great taste, only 96 calories. It's the beer that strips away everything you don't need and holds on to what matters most. You don't have to choose what's best. Miller Lite has great taste and is less filling. Tastes like Miller time. To get Miller Lite delivered right to your door, visit MillerLite.com slash or you can find it pretty much anywhere that sells beer. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, 96 calories per 12 ounces, fewer cows and carbs than premium regular beer.